0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, August 25th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I will be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. Eight days away from Ohio State season opener. A lot of great stuff to get to when we talk to Jay Book. I do want to let you guys know this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices. The path forward isn't always clear. We know mental health is very important. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BuckNuts today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BuckNuts. Again, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right, let's bring my guy Jonah Booker in now. Let's get to matters of football. As I told you, I wanted to ask – I don't even know what you're going to say. I, I We did our show prep this morning, and I went, I told you I want to ask you a question. What's, in your mind, what's the most underreported story so far to come out of Ohio State's camp? The thing that you think Buckeye fans, media
1: are not talking about enough, Jay Book. The running back room, Dave, I mean, I, I feel like that right there is going to be a major key on how this offense operates. We've been hammering home the quarterback, the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks all off season. Uh, especially right now leading up to the season, you know, who's going to be the guy that's been a hot topic. What's the offensive line going to look like? Who's going to be your tackles? Who's going to win the starting center job? We've hammered the the offensive line defense, you know, can Jim knows defense, get it done. What's the safeties going to look like? What's the corners. But to me, Dave, I, I look at the running back room as something that hasn't been talked about enough because From all indications, Trevion Henderson looks like he is poised to have a monster year, like a bounce back. He's healthy. He has that uh, spring in his step, playing with a little chip on his shoulder. I cannot remember a time in Ohio State history where you have five running backs that the coaches feel really good about. And when you go into a season, you really don't know who your quarterback is going to be, what the passing attack is going to look like. I truly believe they're going to be a run-heavy team first just to get that quarterback settled. You're breaking in a new offensive line. The last thing that you're going to see is a quarterback out there winging it 35, 40 times a game when you have five absolutely thoroughbred horses in the running back room that can start at anywhere in the country. So I truly believe that storyline is something that isn't talked about enough because we know Trey's going to probably be your first guy out there. Now, who is it going to be after that? Is it going to be Henderson? Is it going to be Mayon? Is it going to be Dallin Hayden? You know, Ryan Day went up to the podium and said, Evan Pryor and, and Chip Traynham had outstanding scrimmages. So those guys are going to see touches and they need to be able to get the football. So I'm like, how are you going to have enough footballs to go around for these guys? So that's, that's something that I'm really interested in seeing how that's going to play out. I guess the good news is, like, you know, I think typically would be like, you know, man, there are almost too
0: many, like, good running backs on this team. When you have five guys. It's like, you know, as you said, not enough balls to go around. But last year they were so decimated by injuries, I think everybody realizes they're they going to need all five guys probably.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're you in the Georgia game. You got X lining up in the backfield with Mitch Rossi because you were so depleted. That, uh, I don't think Chip Training was healthy at that time. And then... Obviously, Henderson and and Mayon, they were both banged up. So going into the season, I just believe that to get that first-time starter quarterback settled, to get that offensive line starting to uh, blow people off the football, let's rely on the run game a little bit more so you can get those guys comfortable. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you got the Cadillac position with the wide receivers or you Urban used to say the Cadillac. Nowadays, you could probably say the Maserati position when you're talking about the wide receivers. But you got all of these high-end, high-profile wide receivers. You got to be able to throw the football. That's great. But I just think those first couple games, let's get the running game started. Because if you remember last year, Dave, the offensive line in the running game just was not clicking at all. They struggled to pick up short yardage. I think a lot of that was also Kevin Wilson with his scheme. Uh, being very adamant that he wanted to run stretch. Now that Justin Fry's here, are they going to be able to be more physical, running downhill in a gap scheme where they're just going to say, hey, line up, hat on a hat, let's blow somebody off the football. If we need to pick it up on third and short, we got five capable backs that we can throw in there. So let's go ahead and establish the line of scrimmage and just bully people up front. Once that offensive line starts to gel, and they start to get into that rhythm, your quarterback's getting into that rhythm, now we can go ahead and open it up. Those safeties are creeping down into the box because your run game is so prolific. Now that's going to leave Marvin Harrison one-on-one because they're having to rely on the run game. That's leaving Mecca or Carnell or Julian one-on-one on the outside because people are having to cheat up to account for the run game. Think about last year, Dave. The run game was just Okay. Teams, I, I felt like teams really didn't respect it enough. They felt that they their front seven can win at the point of attack. So they didn't have to uh they didn't have to put another guy into the box of extra man to try to stop the run. If they can get that run game established early on, Dave, this offense is gonna be very difficult to stop.
0: I mean, I thought you were gonna answer it quarterbacks. We're not talking about the quarterbacks enough. <laughs> no. uh, we've done that plenty and we're gonna do it right now as well. I mean I get the feeling that this is going to bleed, and Ryan pretty much, Ryan Day pretty much said this on Monday, that this competition, I feel like he knows who the leader is right now, he's just not going to say it, um, but I feel like the competition is going to bleed into the season, he basically said that, both guys are probably going to play against Indiana, he didn't say for sure, what's your gut feeling, do you think he's just going to pick one guy and that's, he's going to roll with that guy, or do you think they're going to kind of do what Michigan did last year, I hate to use that example, but. You know, Cade McNamara started the first game and J.J. McCarthy started the second game.
1: I'm not saying exactly like that, but do you think the competition will bleed into the season, Jay Book? I do think it's going to bleed into the season, Dave. I think we're going to see a situation that we're going to see both quarterbacks um, play early on. And I will say this, Dave, I know a lot of people are out there saying, oh, if you don't have a, you know, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, the old saying, what if both guys are just good? You know, a, a lot of people always look at it, look at it as a negative um, connotation that they haven't really decided on the quarterback. What if both guys are just making plays and the competition is so fierce that one person really isn't pulling away? I don't necessarily see that as a negative. I personally would love for them to, you know, go ahead and pull the Band-Aid off and say, hey, this is our guy and run with it. But I truly believe that you have two very capable quarterbacks that can move this offense up and down the field. When you listen to the coaches, it's not necessarily talking about, hey, this guy's going to uh, need to do a better job getting the team in and out of the huddle or getting this team in a scoring position. They're talking about intangibles, little things that they're trying to see that can separate the quarterbacks like, oh, which guy's going to be able to lead um, lead the guys in the locker room. Which guy is going to be the vocal leader? I have yet to hear one. I've yet to hear one coach say, "Oh, they're struggling to move the football in practice. They're struggling to to do anything against this defense." From all indications, the offense is plenty capable. It's just okay. Pick your poison. Just pick a kid. Let's go with it. But I do believe that they're going to go into the season, and I do believe that both quarterbacks have the talent that whoever they decide, they're going to play at a high level. I just hope we don't get a Cardell, JT type of situation because what did Cardell Jones say, Dave? He said, I really wish that they would have chose a quarterback and just roll with it because anytime I was in the game, I always felt like I was looking over my shoulder that any mistake that I made that my – that my leash is going to be very short. They were going to yank me out of the game for JT. So he really never got comfortable in that 2015 year. Now, the good news, if, if you're a house, State fans, you don't have Ed Warner and Tim Beck, those guys <laughs> at the helm that's making these decisions. You have a major upgrade in the coaching with Ryan, Day, Corey Dennis and Brian Hartline. So I just think that at, at the same time, I just want the guy that they choose after you choose this person, that they let them overcome adversity, make mistakes, and roll with it. And I hope Ohio State fans don't start calling for the other quarterback's head as soon as he makes a mistake because there's going to be growing pains. Um, This team is good enough to withstand uh, first-time quarterback growing pains. They're deep. This is a very deep football team this year we got Ken Taco
0: Hudson. We're not allowed to talk about 2015, so we definitely can't talk about Stanley Jackson and Joe Jermaine, right? Because that was another <laughs> one where, like, in 96 and 97, I'm sure both those guys are look- looking over their shoulder at all times. Um, and then Jermaine finally had the job to himself well, in 1998, and we saw
1: what he did. Well, you Terrell Pryor. And uh, Terrell Pryor's freshman year. Beckman, yeah. Well, Beckman. Beckman was a uh, All-Big Ten quarterback. He Went was looking at
0: Championship game.
1: Right? Took him to the National Championship game, looking over his shoulder. You talk about Troy Smith and, and Justin Swift. same type of situation. Uh, you know, one quarterback was looking over their shoulder. They eventually settled on Troy, and then off he runs, you know, the following year and, and wins a Heisman Trophy. But those are some of the things that have played Ohio State throughout history is they've had two quality guys. They struggled to really make that tough decision when the moment really um, – lend itself. So I just hope that once they make that decision, let that guy has his bumps and bruises and grow from it because they're not going to be perfect. Who are the, regardless of whoever goes in there, they're going to make mistakes regardless if it's McCourt or Devin Brown. Okay. Learn from it. You're, this is your first time in the, in the trenches, learn from it and go out there and make a play the next time.
0: I just gotta say this 96 still gets on my nerve. That team was so good and they would have won the national championship. They would have beaten a mediocre Michigan team at home. They went on to beat Arizona State and the Rose Bowl, and they would have finished number one. And Cooper started uh, Stanley Jackson every game that year until the Michigan game. Then he started Joe Germain, and J- Germain just didn't look right. He was like, that's the first time you're going to start Joe Germain is the Michigan yeah. game? See, I don't, I, don't,
1: all year. see I, I don't remember the nuts and bolts of that. Like, what was John Cooper's reasoning to pull in Stanley Jackson? like for the Michigan game, like talk about someone who absolutely just got in his own head and say, Oh, I'm going to switch my starting quarterback all throughout the season for the Michigan game. Like, do you remember like what he said, like his reasoning was? I'm trying to remember his reasoning. I remember even
0: a a guy like me that was calling for Jermaine all season. Even when I I was sitting there, I was a student at the time at Ohio state and I was sitting there with my buddy and we saw Jermaine was, there was no talk that Jermaine was going to start the game. I don't believe I remember thinking, oh, I don't have a good feeling about that. But, you know, they got up 9 nothing. They should have been up 21 nothing, And then the spring slips happened. But, yeah, it was just weird. It was just a weird time to do it. I can't remember exactly how he explained it. Now you, you have me. I'm not really going to go back and research that because that, that's, that's a painful one for me, man. That 96, <laughs> that 96 team was awesome. Orlando Pace finished, I think, fourth for the Heisman that year. Right. Orlando Pace. Anyway, let's Could move you, on.
1: I, I was going to uh, say, before we move on, yeah. like, you know, that was before social media and everything. Could you imagine – The Could you imagine in today's era, like, hey, I got a starting quarterback all throughout the year, and the week leading up to the biggest game of the year against that team up north, you make a quarterback switch? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. He might have announced
0: it before the game. I can't remember now. I've I've tried to block that game out as much as I can, even though I can't. Uh, But I can't remember that specific detail. But, yeah, I do remember for sure that Stanley started every game until the Michigan game. I was like, Cooper was all, as you mentioned – Cooper was always in his own head with Michigan. It was always something with him. It was always yeah. something. He came out saying it was just any other game. Then you know he realized he couldn't do that. It was just, He was just a mess. 2-10-1 and one against Michigan. Unbelievable. All right. Will Carnell Tate actually surpass Julian Fleming at one point? Now, this is something you wanted to talk about when we did our show prep. Do you think Carnell Tate, and this is nothing against Julian Fleming in my book. I think Carnell Tate's just that great. Do you think Carnell Tate will eventually be in the starting lineup, Jay, book?
1: I do. And before, you know, I I explain why I'll say this. Julian Fleming is a war daddy, Dave. Um, Great kid. Awesome teammate from what everyone is saying, has done everything uh, the right way. Finally healthy. He is a valuable asset to this football team. And I hope Julian goes out there and absolutely balls out. And the one thing that you can say about Julian is he is your ultimate team ultimate teammate to those guys. He's mentoring those young wide receivers. So nothing but love, nothing but success for Julian. I'll say this, though. Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? That's the that's the line that if you're willing to cross because I think and I truly believe if you're willing to start Cardinal Tate, based off what Marvin Harrison Jr. is saying, you have the opportunity to be great. If we went into the season right about now, if we're going to play – you know, look back, if someone looked at you, Dave, and said last year at this time, shouldn't Marvin Harrison Jr. be starting? You would look around Adam, and say, are you crazy? What do you mean? Yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. should be starting. We fast forwarded now. The best wide receiver in college football is saying that this kid is better than what where I was at this time last year. You have to look at that and say, okay. How high is Carnell Tate ceiling? Because if Marvin Harrison Jr. Game recognized game in those locker rooms, those kids aren't going to go out there to the media and lie. If they see that this kid is absolutely torching our defense, you've got to find a way to get Carnell Tate into the starting lineup. And it has zero to do with Julian Fleming. Last year, Dave, the wide receiver room was good with Emeka, Marvin, the guys that, you know, subbed in for Jackson Smith and Jigba. They would have been great if JSM was there. It it would have taken this offense to another job or to another level. You put Parnell in there, and you're talking about oh, he is as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. His sophomore year. This offense can just go, Dave. It can go from good to great at the wide receiver room. And you can't deny talent, regardless of seniority, regardless of how long someone has been in the program. If a wide receiver is good enough to play. He should, and he's playing at a, at a level that they believe he can play at. He should get some starting minutes. And it's going to be tough because Brian Hartline, he's had a short rotation when it comes to wide receivers. I do believe top to bottom, this is probably his deepest wide receiver room. So I think uh, a lot of those guys will get some playing time there. The one thing about Marvin and Emeka heading down the stretch, I think they played a lot more than they probably should have. And once you got to November, I think those legs start to get a little heavy. You really saw it in Emeka Ibuka, once he got that month off heading into that Georgia game, he looked like an absolute different wide receiver. So when you got the talent uh, with Brandon Ennis and Julian and X and Carnell, there shouldn't be no reason why they have dead legs come November. But to, to as far as the show topic day, Carnell Tate, I got to start him. I can't deny greatness. if. Your, your guys in your room believe that he has the opportunity to be great. And I've had Ryan Hartline tell me personally, Dave, that he doesn't care about age. If you're good enough, regardless of age, you're going to play at Ohio State on this offense. So if that's the case, and I'm going to take his word and say he, it wasn't cap, he wasn't BSing me, then I truly believe that Carnell Tay is going to be someone who is a major, major contributor for this football team. He could be the one that Marvin has the torch off to once he heads to the NFL next year.
0: And I'm convinced they're going to need you know all those guys, meaning you know, obviously Marvin and Emeka, but also they're going to need Tate, they're going to need Fleming, they're going to need X, they're going to need all five of those guys for sure. Maybe a Brandon Ennis, maybe a Jaden Ballard, we'll see. But I, I do believe – I forgot just, about Ballard. I know this is going against you know recent history since really since Heartline's been here, but I'm with you. I feel like, and he's talked about this. I feel like they're going to use a little bit more of a wide receiver rotation. But I always go back to something that Heartline said multiple times: is if I'm going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. or Mecca Buka off the field for you, you need to be at least as good as them, unless they're like right. super gassed or something. So I guess part of me is I'll believe it when I see it. But everything Heartline said himself: Carnell Tate is going to play meaningful reps. Period. You know, I wrote the story; that was the headline. Carnell. Heartline, Carnell Tate will play meaningful reps this year. So, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. But I think they're going to need all those guys. Somebody's going to get banged up. Hopefully, they all stay healthy. But Julian Fleming's still going to have a role in this offense. But I'm with you. I think when we look back at the end of the year, Carnell Tate's probably going to have or will have a more productive season, in my opinion, yeah. if they stay
1: healthy. All right, other, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was I was going to say this too, Dave. Um, you know, just touching back on what we mentioned earlier, one of the talking points, and I think it's flown under the radar. As Ryan Day said he's still going to be calling plays early on in the season. I think I think that's going to be really big for this team here because that right there tells me like hey with this quarterback room really not settled yet, we're we're so deep. I think this is going to allow Brian Hartline to really hone in on that wide receiver rotation because yeah, you're offensive coordinator in title, but in theory, you're still going to be down there on the sidelines, you'll be dialed into you know, who needs to blow, who needs to go in as far as the wide receiver rotation. So I think that's a good thing for this team because if we're going to get the Ryan Day offensive coordinator that we saw against Georgia, who's hungry, who's fired up, who's showing that passion, I still want him out there calling those plays because he said we're going to be aggressive. I'm going to take his word, with, uh, his word for it because if they are aggressive and hungry and nasty, then this offense has the potential to be absolutely ridiculous. I'm so
0: excited eight
1: days away I see all the comments
0: are <laughs> saying stuff like that like, I can't wait imagine next week at this time when we're doing this show, the show oh, that game day Eve I mean I, I just I'm so excited eight days I'm, away I want to get into some other true freshmen that aren't just gonna like play this year not red shirt but guys that can actually help the team we mentioned Carnell Tate I think Brandon Ennis is another one maybe Luke Montgomery if you know one of the starters gets hurt um Luke Montgomery said so that's been one of the interesting stories of camp in my opinion I I had right. to peg third string guy and he's now like at least pushing for a starting job i think josh fryer is going to be a really good right tackle but luke montgomery i think is a guy that can help this year malik hartford is another one i'm probably leaving some guys out but um who are some guys you think you know get into uh, why who are some guys like ennis maybe some others who you think can actually help the buckeyes this year hartford and others
1: yeah i think malik hartford that's that's the one that i think really has the uh, pathway to seeing the field early as a true freshman and holy moly, what a great get that he is, Dave. Like the moment's not too big. And for a kid to come in here and Malik Harford to be able to be pushing at a place like a state for a starting job. And it's not like the safeties aren't deep. And it's not like the safeties don't have some, some, good, some, some good talent back there. Malik Harford being able to be in contention for that starting job, he's going to see the field. So I think that he is someone that, Will absolutely get some playing time this year. And then I look at Brandon Enos. I want to see Brandon Enos on the, on the punt return, Dave. I think yeah. he gives you that that wiggle, um, that burst that he can be able to flip the field on special teams with his uh, elusiveness. Because I know, and I want to say this, Dave, without being frustrated Parker Fleming. Why is he talking about a Mecca Blue being back there returning kicks again? Like I know a great as far as punt returns. A Mecca I think a Mecca doing the kickoff returns and stuff like that. I think, you know, that's gonna be something. But we've seen it time and time again. Like, do you really need a Mecca returning kicks? I feel like they have so much speed and athleticism that you can give these other guys the opportunity to get on the field to make plays. Like you look at, you know, Noah Rogers and what, what, you, what did Parker Fleming say? They're looking at Trevion Henderson returning kickoffs or something in, in the meetings or something like that. Like, why are you wasting your time with that? Nobody wants to see Trevion Henderson back there returning kicks. A guy who's coming off a foot injury. But Parker Fleming conversation day. We'll have we can have a whole another segment another day about that. But, yeah, let's get some.
0: Go ahead. It was like in the spring when Marvin was uh, returning punts and people were like, what's going on here? He was just like trying to like work on his skills, but yeah, I mean, I'll be surprised if Travion's back there returning kicks. I, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm kind of hoping it's Evan Pryor. I don't know if he's healthy enough. Maybe they don't want to risk that, especially early, but if, if Evan's ready to go, I'd like to see Evan back there. Um, who like, would you like to see? And Is this going to be the, the first time since the national championship year of 2014 that the Buckeyes – return, either a kickoff or a punt for a touchdown. Emeka had one last year, but there were two penalties on the Buckeyes. It got called back. Right. Um, is this the year that streak ends, my friend?
1: Hope so. I mean, the, the special teams have been pretty average over the last couple of years, especially when you got a coach whose only job is to coach special teams. Like You would think that, hey, if, if this is your only purpose on the squad, you don't recruit. You're only coaching special teams that you will probably have the best special team units in all of college football. Um, but Ohio State has really struggled with flipping the football field when it comes to the return yards. Um, it's just getting the the right guys out there. Like, oh, yeah, you like you mentioned, you have Marvin out there returning kicks. Marvin's not going to return kicks. Why are you wasting this man's time out there trying to return kicks when you could be working on getting live reps in with these younger guys who could potentially be the ones who does feel punts or uh, feel kickoffs out there. Like I just don't understand what Parker Fleming's doing half the time. Um, but I will say this, Dave. They have so many weapons that, you know, pick your poison. What do you What do you want out there? Do you want a guy who's going to run 22 miles per hour in a straight line returning kicks on, on kickoffs? Or do you want a guy who's a jitterbug, who's going to make a lot of people miss what you need at the punt return? They got plenty of guys to choose from. And back to the freshmen, Jermaine Matthews is one that slipped my mind. I think Jermaine Matthews is going to be a guy uh, who's going to work his way into that 2 deep. could probably get some late-game reps in there. But it's critical, Dave, and I will say this, and we've hammered it home, got to play the freshmen when it's blowout time. Regardless of if they're going to make an impact early on uh, in the games, you start to develop those younger guys if you can get them live reps we're gonna and you guys have done a good job holding the coaches to that. You guys have really um, in the media over there in those press conferences have really done a good job this offseason, really hammering home to Jim Nose and those guys. Like, hey, what about these younger guys? And they've been up front so far in the offseason said, Hey, we're gonna get a lot of these guys in there and ro- and rotating in. We're gonna see because I'm gonna keep my eye out on it because that right there, I believe, really stunted the development of a lot of these true freshmen. Jay
0: Book and I are going to finish the show in a moment talking Ohio State recruiting, specifically Brandon Baker. So, stick around for that. Our next sponsor that I want to tell you about is AG1, which is a daily nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. If you're like me, you're not always the healthiest of eaters, or if you're like Jay Book and you are a healthy eater, using a nutritional supplement can go a long way. And AG1 is the best product in the field, it has everything you need, so it can replace your multivitamin, your probiotic or whatever else you use. I have started using this product. I've noticed a spike in my energy and I just feel better overall. I'll tell you guys, I was skeptical of the taste of AG1 before I tried it because AG1 comes as a green powder. You mix it with water and, but the taste is good. So they definitely have a customer in me and I recommend it to you guys. And because of the Bucknuts Morning 5, you can get some free stuff. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash bucknuts. That's drinkag1 slash bucknuts. Check it out. We're also going to check out what Jay book thinks about Brandon Baker. I'm just going to just put you on the spot, my friend. What is your gut feeling? Are the Buckeyes going to land the number one offensive tackle in the country, Mr. Brandon Baker?
1: I think he goes to Texas. Gut feeling, Dave, right now. I think a hot uh, right up there. Um, I believe that. Justin Fry and the Ohio State coaching staff they they have done everything that they can he loves it uh, from all indications he loves Ohio State he loves the coaches loves the recruits and stuff I just think that Texas has that slight edge when you're dealing with that oil money Dave there are no means there are no ends to their means there they can spend a ridiculous amount of money I know Ohio State they're doing everything they can NIL wise but when you're talking about that oil money it's just a whole different ball game here I know Steve Wilfong on 24-7, he did his whip around today, uh, this morning released a video, and he was talking about Brandon Baker, said that he has uh, Texas with a a lead right down on Brandon Baker, but also mentioned that he would not be surprised if Ohio State ends up winning this battle. But as of today, it sounds like Texas has a slight edge. He got a couple of visual visits coming up to Oregon, Nebraska right now. So I would say keep pushing, man. If you can even try to get this kid on the campus, because I don't think he's really indicated when he's supposed to be verbally or committing to a school, they just say in the fall sometimes. If you can try to get him back on the campus, just kind of rekindle that love, that flame that he had after that official visit, because it's been a while since he's been on campus. And I'll say that because two months in recruiting is a while in, in today's era. But I just think Texas right now, but keep fighting for him all day, every day, and then Also, keep fighting for Jordan Seton, uh, the offensive lineman out of Washington, D.C., who's going to be taking a visit to Ohio State in October. I think they have a legit shot there. Um, So just keep pushing for both of those guys because, once again, Dave, if you can land at least one of those guys, it takes the offensive line recruiting from good to an absolute great class.
0: J-Book is always at a great level. Great stuff out of Jonah Booker. Thank you very much. J-Book, thanks to all of you. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend.